So recently, I've been extremely picky about the candles that I keep around the house. A lot of home fragrances don't really smell natural. They're not really sweet and have a lot of chemicals. And after learning that the candle industry contributes to an insurmountable amount of non-recyclable waste, carbon emissions, and just toxicity in the air, that has changed the way that I select the candles that I keep in my house. And that's why I'm so glad that Notes Candles exist. They're on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option without giving up high-quality fragrance that smells amazing. The candle industry has a major problem, which is almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year in almost all of them. And I mean all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next one million years. That's right. A million. Insane. But Notes Candles has created a solution. They have a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again and again. So you don't become a part of the problem. And it's so easy to use. The candles are made with fragrance wax beads. So all you have to do is place the wick in your reusable Notes jar, fill it up with wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then do it all over again. And you're ready for a new one. And you don't have to settle for less exciting fragrances with notes either. In fact, their collection of almost 13 fragrances are handcrafted by fragrance experts at their home base in South Carolina that are insane. I have a few of these here. Me and Jordan have been using them and I love it. Me and Jordan both are really big candle users, ironically, and so we can't get enough of this. And they have all these interesting one-of-a-kind fragrances like oak milk, vanilla, pepperwood, potassio, rose water all of them are amazing so be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality fragrance by making the switch to notes you can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandles.com slash just different right now notes is giving our listeners 15 percent off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using code just different just use code just different when placing your order that's code just different at notescandle.com dot com slash just different back once again you ready let's do it all right yo what's up it's your boy d stark stark's an artist you are now tuned in uh, to the just different podcast where we talk everything faith life and culture episode 142 i'm saying i actually really want to know if you have any more stories for us i feel like you you definitely have been getting a lot of experience because you've been traveling a lot more. And then yeah. since you've been at work, a lot of like different interactions. I like hearing it because I don't, <laughs> I don't be, you be outside. in the crib. <laughs> I, I see no one new. You be in the crib. I probably see a total of like, you know, five to 10 new faces like every right. day. And that's when I take a trip to the grocery store if I'm getting gas. Right. If that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. So from work, I don't really have nothing notable. Like no, no, nothing crazy has happened at work, really. Um, I mean, I had a customer complaining the other day, but like other than that, <laughs> like it's just like simple stuff, like nothing crazy. Just like guests complaining about food and stuff like that. Like nothing crazy. Also, not really happening in the streets right now. Not really. I'm not missing out. Not for real. Not for <laughs> real, bro. You you cool in the crib, bro. You cool in the crib. All right, so we were in Tulsa with Marlon and Clarence and he asked you what was some what were lessons you felt you were learning while you were working right now, knowing it's temporary, it's traditional. Right, right. What are you taking from your experience that is gonna help you in your next 
because mm-hmm. I think that's important just to know and have an aim. And I think that made you think a lot. And then I know a lot of other oh, people sure. are probably in the same position, like especially being young, you know, like mm-hmm. right now there's a lot of things that are transitional. So it's like, all right, like I don't necessarily want this to be the end goal. I know I'm not going to land here. So what can I actually get from it? Yeah, no, no. I, that question you asked, it was, it was very thought provoking. I think one of the things I've been learning cause I'm a server um, where I'm at right now and well, I think in a, in a vague sense, and I'll get more specific. In a vague sense, I've I've just been learning what it looks like to serve, um, you know, because the word talks about the importance of serving. The greatest among you will be your servant, and that looks different depending on where you're at and what job you're doing. But I I, I just felt like kind of led to go here and do this because like yo, I'm literally serving just to kind of see like what what is that going to be like. I've never had a job where I was where I was serving people and bringing the drinks and you know. Um, whatever the case may be. So I think in a vague sense, like I think I've just been learning a lot about humility in that sense. And secondly, I think for me, I'm used to using my words. Like, I, I mean, we have a podcast, like I'm used to, you know, when my friends come to me for advice, like I'm used to conversing with people and using my words to evangelize and to, and to talk about Jesus. But when I'm when I'm at Texas Roadhouse, it's like especially on days where it's busy, which is most of the time, like there's a lot going on, and I don't necessarily always have a space to have deep conversations with everyone about what they believe and you know whatever the case may be. Um, so so I guess God's been teaching me how to evangelize and what that really means with my actions. I think it's one thing to say it and another thing to actually live it out. Um, Cause I've said that before. It's a lesson I feel like I've learned before, but now I'm like actually applying it where it's like evangelizing and showing Christ just in the way that I carry myself and how I speak to people um, and my restraint, like it, through all of these things, like lack of response. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And in all of these things um, showing who he is. And I've seen, I've seen it happen firsthand where, you know, I've, I've been doing it, which is something that I saw a lot in like school um, back when we were in school is like people ask you questions, you know, right. And they wonder about you. And now it's like, basically everyone there knows like what I believe and that I'm a believer is simply because like the way I carry myself and someone Something got curious. Something different about that. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then people got curious. I'm talking to them like, yeah, like this is what I do. Like I got a podcast. This is what I believe. Da, da, da. And like people, and it's so weird. Like people just be making jokes, random people, bro. Throughout the day, just be making jokes about it, bro. Like I remember, the other day, I was like, uh, <laughs> what was I doing, bro? Like, it was some goofy stuff, bro. It was some goofy stuff. I think someone was getting a drink, and I like, I was reaching over him because I had to get something. And it was like, ah, oh, Jordan, like, God's watching you or something like that. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, uh, and what? if you knew her personality, she jokes like that. But it's just oh like, gosh. goes That's to hilarious. see, like, if people know what I'm, like, what I'm about. You know what I mean? They know right. what I stand for. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned just doing, doing the job. And I, it's, I love, um, cause we're probably not going to be able to get this episode out, but the conversation we had with Catherine at the, Cho- at the chosen con talk with her and we had an amazing conversation and she was talking about how she used to be in the modeling industry and how that was very fast paced and how she brought, she said it like this. I was like, bro, it's so powerful. She's like, I brought, through like just like my actions like i brought people to jesus without ever saying his name and i was like dang 
I was like, that's different. <laughs> I was like, that's different. I've never really heard it feel like that simple, but it's like, dang, like that's for real. Um, and she talked about this idea of like enlarging your tent. It talks about in Isaiah 55, just like stretching out your tent. And it's like, if God lives in us, all we have to do is stretch out our tent so that people can like, you know, come up under it and experience, experience his presence in that sense. Um, and I thought that was really good. So I, I think when she said that, it really kind of gave me more language for what I thought I've been walking through. I'm like, yeah, like that's kind of what I've been seeing in a way. So I guess that's a really big lesson I've been learning. Fire. Yeah. yeah. Servant's heart. Yeah. That's, that's all that matters. But no, that makes sense. I just, yeah, you just seem to be having... Or at times, some 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 interesting experiences. And yeah, no, nah, yeah, yeah. Especially like, <laughs> what else happened? No, nah, I just remember when they was someone made a comment about how you were switching from job to job. They was hating, bro. Yo, I can't remember what they said. They was, was hating. Hilarious. I've been going strong, bro. But I remember you had some stories whenever you were working at Spectrum. Or bro, I've had sales. stories from everywhere I work, bro. <laughs> it's always stories, bro. Never a shortage. But no, okay. Let's get into it. We're, we're going to tap in. Let's do it. So today I was, I would just have, I had a thought earlier in the morning for some reason. I don't know what crossed my mind or I was thinking about, but the premise was keeping our eyes on God, which mm-hmm. is something that, you know, we've heard and we, we tend to make sure we try and exemplify and actually walk out in our everyday life. But we can sometimes get distracted and deterred from that. And I think I was originally just thinking about like what I, what we do and the show. And at times, sometimes people can get wrapped up in the numbers and the downloads, the feedback, the comments and the response that our eyes essentially are removed from God and then get shifted to all of these other idols Mm -hmm. and distractions and deterrence and stumbling blocks to our devotion to him and so i think that happens so many times like in our life like even in our moments where we are staying steadfast like it seems as if yo there can be that one moment or this memory or this relationship or a situation that comes up that just wants to take our gaze off of him and you know that leaves us a lot of times finding ourselves focused on all the wrong things um and we have to realize that like once we lose our gaze we'll lose our balance um so a lot of us are tripping over things we're called Mm -hmm. to walk over because we fixed our eyes on everything but him and i really got that idea from you know the infamous story of jesus walking on water and peter coming out of the boat yeah and then his eyes focused or taking a turn to the storm and what was taking place and then he ends up sinking asking the lord for help and that's in matthew 14 i'll read a little bit of it starting in like verse 30 and it says then peter got out of the boat walked on the water and came toward jesus but when he saw the wind he was afraid and be and beginning to sink cried out lord save me immediately jesus reached out his hand and caught him you look you of little faith he said why did you doubt And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are Mm -hmm. the son of God. So the premise of this idea of focus and keeping our attention on Jesus in this context and this story is if we take our eyes off Jesus and focus on our circumstances, we will fall under the weight of our problems. 
But in other words, we can also think of this as and if we take our eyes off Jesus and focus on the world, our desires or other idols, we will fall under the power of these things. Because mm-hmm. we have to realize that focus stabilizes us no matter what the foundation is. So what we're have our eyes to or what has our devotion is what we're going to give our heart and what we're we're building upon, right? And we will ultimately build our life on what we are giving the most attention to. Right. Yeah. So if my focus is on the storm, that is the only place I'll be able to draw peace from. Mm-hmm. If it's on the relationship, if it's on my career, if it's on my studies, if it's on the the response from these individuals, if it's on their opinions, then I can only draw from what I'm building on. And that comes from what has the majority of my focus. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I think understanding that much more that what consumes your mind will ultimately always control your life. And so this idea of fixing your eyes on Jesus, I think has a lot of implications and can affect so much more than what we know. Um, and like how we're walking out and like doing anything, honestly. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, it's really something about that story with Peter. That's going to do it every time. Mm -hmm. I swear I, I, we hear it, we hear it a lot, but it, it really is one of those like lessons that's so vital to your walk, no matter what stage, age, no matter where you're at. Like right. that's something that you gotta keep in mind. Yeah, and I was uh my girl has sent me this article that she was reading and I thought it was really good. I'm gonna read it first and then get into or speak to um how it really correlates. But I'm yeah, I'm gonna just read it. It's titled Well, <laughs> the heading just says how are we doing? It don't really have a title. Uh but Okay, so it reads, a number of years ago, I read a newspaper account of a baby shower party in a wealthy Boston suburb. The parents had opened their home to friends and relatives who had come to celebrate the wonderful event. As the party was moving along and the people were having a wonderful time eating and drinking and celebrating and enjoying one another, somebody said, by the way, where's the baby? The heart of the mother jumped and she instantly left the room and rushed into the master bedroom where she had left the baby asleep in the middle of the massive bed. The baby was dead, smothered by the coats of the guest. I've often thought about that in reference to how the Lord Jesus Christ is treated in his own church. He is often carelessly overlooked by those who are supposedly celebrating him. Okay, so. That's nasty. Crazy. I, I remember when she read that to me, we were on the phone. I was like, what? That's so crazy. But I, I, I think that's important to this conversation because there, there is there is danger when your eyes aren't on him, but I believe there's even bigger danger when they aren't on him, but you believe they are right. Correlating to this party. It's like these people came to celebrate the life of this baby. Right. And in them celebrating, it's like they forgot about the baby and got caught up on, you know, the cel- the celebrating. And I just kind of thought about that and tried to apply to my own life. I'm like, okay, have I, have I ever been in a situation like this or a season like this where I felt like I was doing the same thing? And I do feel like I was at one point in my walk, it was like, I thought I had my eyes on Jesus, but it was really more of like a, I would go to church. I was doing all the things. I would go to church. I would read. Um, it was like, it was just works. And it was like, I, it was like, I forgot about him. It's like, my eyes weren't really on him but I thought they were. And it's like, I'm sinking and I have no idea why. Cause it's like, God, if my eyes are on you, why am I sinking? And I feel like a lot of people can relate in that, in that sense, like they're, they're sinking and they're just oblivious as to why. 
because it's like god i have my eyes on you but it's like they don't really it's just it's just that the perception is off or, or there's or there's something something missing in you know where they're looking if that makes sense so i think that's also a part of this conversation and it's important to really analyze and and hmm really question like am i really looking at jesus or am i just looking at all these other things like surrounding him right or that have to do with him but not him himself um so i think that's an important part of the conversation as well so would you say during that time it was more you working or acting from obligation and just routine rather than your right. heart really being behind it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I was when I was thinking about it, I, the the verse that talks about the Lord says you will find me when you seek for me with all your heart and really just this idea of like there's a difference between looking and seeking, right? So it's like you can have your eyes on Jesus and your eyes on him, but not be seeking him out. Like you, you, you look with your eyes, you seek with your heart, right? So the moment that your eyes are engaged, but your heart isn't, that's just, it's, there's no transformation, right? Mm. There's no, there's no stabilization of you being able to stand on the water. If your heart is not engaged just as much as your eyes are, um, it would be like, you know, I can, I can look at, an American flag and I can see it in the distance. Like say it's blocks away. I can see the flag up in the air, but I'm not seeking it unless I'm actively taking steps to go find it. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think that that's really the the biggest part of it is, is seeking and seeking. Isn't just looking. No, that, that makes sense. And it ties into what I was thinking about as well in the sense of, I can say when you're seeking anything with intent nothing else really matters <clears throat> there's a level of intentionality that you have in that type of pursuit that there's nothing else that can come across your plate your desk your table or your life that mm -hmm. will move you from what you are really going after right. and what i had down was the fact that i believe that focus ultimately eliminates distractions mm -hmm. there's a level of focus that can create an unwavering devotion to god mm -hmm. and who he is and us wanting him and all that he has and i was thinking about how you know there can be certain cameras or settings that allow you to focus solely on what you want highlighted and then like everything else becomes blurred. So a good example is like on our iPhones, like portrait mode, right. whenever we're taking a picture, whether that's of ourselves um, and good lighting, of course, what will happen is it'll highlight focus in on like the subject mm -hmm. that you're taking subject or object that you're taking a picture of and like right. everything else in the background kind of just fades mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Right. It doesn't take up any of the the frame and or take away from what like is right in front of it. And so right. I believe that when we actually find that like level of like focused and intent, which, as you said, really just starts with seeking, which we'll get into more. But that's when a lot of other things can start to fade away. And we've seen this, we've seen this in our own lives, like in different seasons and moments, especially when we first come to Christ, For right? Sure. Like 
that's the seek that's the pursuit and mm-hmm. like what everything else kind of became distorted and just moved out the way mm-hmm. and was not not a factor in what we wanted to see yeah no i like but that camera example is really fire because i was i was just listening to a video this morning and um, the guy had brought up this quote from this philosopher and he said the bigger this telescope the brighter the stars right and the quote is really just pointing to this idea that it's it's not really about the object that you're looking at or the thing that you're looking at, but but the means by which you're looking at it, right? So in the example is the star didn't change. The star was always the same size. The star was always as bright as it was. The telescope changed. Like the way that you looked at it or what you were using to look at it changed. So in that way, it's just like the question becomes like, what what is your perspective? Or I guess, you know, with, the, with your examples, like, you know, what what are your settings? And... And, and I mean, you see that at with with the woman at the well, right? When she goes and well, Jesus says to her, like, if you knew who it was you were speaking to, you'd be asking me for a drink. And this is something that I brought up before. Like, if if you saw correctly, you'd be responding differently. And when you look at her, she was all she was looking at Jesus the whole time, right? Um, and Jesus, like, it's not like Jesus changed, got bigger. Nothing changed about Jesus was always Jesus when he was at the well. But the transformation came when, like, the way that she looked at him was different. And her mm-hmm. perspective shifted to where it needed to shift. Like, oh, no, this is who I'm really talking to. Right. So I think that's, that that plays into, you know, that example that, that you had, I thought, I think is really good. Yeah. If you knew who you were talking to, your response would be different. So it's a lot about when we think about focus through a perspective of how are we seeing God and then to what's the level of intentionality behind it. And I think that this is a larger conversation for me right now in terms of my life, because there's been a, a big, there's been a significant, there's been a significant conviction I've had around just how, overstimulated I always am and the desire I have to be entertained at Mm. all times and what I could do with that time that I'm giving all these other particular like aspects Mm. or avenues in my life and so it's just rewiring and re almost like my brain really is to like be able to like be still and really see him. Right. It's like, it's how, how are we going to be able to like really focus on him if we're like just completely and utterly like in our everyday, like giving our eyes to like so many other things, Mm -hmm. whether that be Mm -hmm. through like different media outlets, like entertainment, news, gossip, like whatever it may be. And so, I've had to slowly but surely like just take that shift, which has been difficult. And it's small things that lead up to how we're able to actually focus like on him. Like I think there's a discipline that comes with being able to sit down and be attentive and like listen to someone for for a long period of time. And I think that translates to, okay, like how we can be, disciplined in the same way when it comes to being able to sit down and like read our word and be engaged and really process what it is that we're reading and getting into or whether that be like through prayer like being able to like sit for a particular amount of time 
and really give our heart to God, even when we feel nothing moving and we're waiting for him to come into the room and the presence to rest on us. Like there, there's something to that that I feel is lost Mm -hmm. in how we just interact with like, whether that be like our phones, again, social media and all these other things, like small things for me that I've been changing. Like, yo, like when, like when I eat, like I, I don't, listen or watch anything right or at least i'm trying i'm trying to do better at that like yo like i'm always like giving like my eye you know what i mean if i can't sit down and just eat without feeling as i need to see something watch or be consuming anything right then you know how can i like have the discipline to just sit before god hmm. and not want to try and grab or, or or desire or pick out and or uh, step out of that moment and, and get something else to try and entertain or stimulate me in that particular time period. So that's why it's such a big conversation because I believe that there's a lot of what we normalize that we do waking up and like just picking up the phone to scroll that I believe can translate to like how that's affecting our relationship with God. And actually, I saw something. Jackie Hill here. Jackie Hill Perry posted today, and it was someone who actually quoted her new devotional, mm. and it said, "Upon waking, we are hungry for heaven, and yet we fill it with a scroll. Our souls need God always." So I think that just plays larger into the point and the idea of gaze, attention, focus keeping that on God um, mm-hmm. and not losing that. Yeah. And uh, as you were talking, I was reminded of this because uh, I was reading in Acts maybe like some weeks ago and it's in, it's Acts 19, 19 through 20 is what I'm going to be reading. But just for context, this is right after we know the story about how people were trying to use the name of Jesus and the name of Paul to cast out demons. They're like in the, in the name of, you know, the God that Paul serves in the name of Paul, like we cast you out and the demons like, Oh, I know Paul, I know Jesus, but who are you? Right? Like, what are you talking about? And then literally the next verse, it talks about how like, Oh, people heard about it and they were like seized with fear. Right. And then it goes on to say like two verses later, it says, um okay so after that it says many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done and then in 19 it goes on to say how there was a number who had practiced sorcery they brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly when they calculated the value of the scrolls the total came to fifty thousand drachmas in this way the word of the lord spread widely and grew in power and i just love the 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 imagery or, or them literally burning every, anything else, right? Burning everything else that wasn't about God, wasn't about the gospel. Like, you know what? We we used to be dependent on this, right? We used to have our focus on this. But you know what? Let's put it all in a pile and just burn it. And they just burned it. So, like, to me, I wrote in my notebook, I was just like, burn, burn, it, burn it down. Like, whatever it is, like, burn it down. Whatever it is that has your attention. Um, so, that kind of reminded me of what you were talking about and and on top of that when it when it comes to because i i want to speak to like seeking because it's something that we have brought up um in terms like the difference between looking and seeking we have to seek with all of our heart and i also wanted to specify like that doesn't mean like 
that doesn't mean seeking to find God. Like God isn't hard to find. Like he lives in us. So that's not what we're saying. It's, it's not seeking to find him, but seeking to know him. Um, Cause he's already there. I didn't want to give the wrong impressions. Like, Oh, what do you mean seeking to find God? Cause I made the flagpole thing, but like God is in us. So you have to be seeking to find a deeper, like, to know him better, right? So to, to cultivate that intimate relationship. And I was reminded of this verse in Matthew 7, 7, and it really just blows my mind, like how gracious God is and really how simple he's, he's kind of laid this all out for us. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock on the door will be open for you. Like it's a sure thing. Like if you seek to know him and you seek an understanding of him, you will find it. And to me, I, I don't know. That's just, it's encouraging, right? If once you apply everything we've talked about, like making sure your perspective is right, like making sure I'm really looking at Jesus, not on what I'm doing for him. I'm looking at Jesus, not on, you know, everything else. But once I do that and I just seek him, I will find a deeper understanding of him. And I don't know, to me, it's just like, that's crazy. Like, it's not even in our own strength. Like, he tells us, you seek and you will find. It's as simple as that. Not as someone, seek him, you will find him. But I, like, burn it down. So when it comes to, all right, like, keeping your eyes fixed on him, how to do that, what it looks like. It's just looking at, you know, whatever it is that is taking your gaze away from him and then putting those practical barriers in place to remove that activity, like, just day after day, slowly but gradually, like, in increments, and looking at these small minute details of your life and being like yo like that that can be removed that is something that's contributing to me not being able to even like focus let alone give my full attention and my heart to seek to so that's something that i know i've had to do and like continuously do and then doing that which hurts right like Mm -hmm. yo like what may be comfortable um in a season or in a moment and, and removing that for what it's more beneficial, although it may seem a bit more boring or not as stimulating mm-hmm. or captivating to the eye or your heart, your mind or your flesh. Like when it comes to even certain entertainment that I know I need to like cut back on. It's like, all right, like yeah. cutting that time to, you mm-hmm. know, train my my eyes, uh, my heart, like my mind and, and my body to, to lean in toward yeah. like what he wants from me, like what's going to be more beneficial. Um, and so, I believe those are like just big keys and aspects to look at and then evaluate and then take steps toward. And then like, you know, as you continue to do that and seek, like, again, like he said, like you're going to like find him more revelation of him. That's going to just allow you to get like that much more deeper and deeper and deeper For sure. um, in him and who he is. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the one. That's the one. That's, that's it. it. Yes, sir. Burn it down. Keep your eyes on him. Burn it. <laughs> you got anything else? Um, no, that's it. All right. That's the one. So look, stay you, stay real, and stay humble. We'll catch y'all next week. Much love.